This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Noplaton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. And today I have my special guest, Vitalia Fedosova, who is uh, her Aurelius Accounting, but I love that she calls it animal accounting. It's 95% accounting and 5% animal. And we're both unicorns today on this podcast. Uh, I'm wearing unicorn headphones. She's wearing a unicorn onesie. But what's most important about this episode is that we're going to talk about Vitalia's life through accounting, how she worked so hard. I'm not even kidding. Worked so hard that till her arms didn't work. And, and you think I might be joking. No, she actually had six months of recovery, she actually hurt herself that bad, to now having the business of her dreams that's expanding during 2020 and helping more socially conscious businesses. How the heck did she do this? How did she transform this? We're going to uncover it. We're going to discover it. Let's talk about it and let's jump into the show. Thanks so much for being on the show, Vitalia. Great to see you again, Steve. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I know we're going to have fun. I mean, that's why I look at this. I had, uh, and just so everyone knows, um, if you're listening, then you can't see, but I have unicorn headphones on uh, and they're pink too. And so I wore a pink shirt to go with it. So I got the whole theme going on. Um, and Vitalia is also wearing uh, a unicorn onesie with star ears. Ah, so, um, so we are having fun and that's part of it. So I, I want to, let's just even talk about that first. So those of you that don't, uh, that don't know Vitalia yet. Welcome. Bringing her into your world is amazing. Um, I am so grateful to have you in my life and have been able to work with you and to have fun with you. And that's, I think that's the key thing for you. Um, you have taken accounting, you know, so by profession, you're a CPA and, and you've done, you know, big things too, like, you know, helping many businesses solve big accounting problems. And with that, I love your saying, you say it's uh, animal accounting, it's 95% accounting and 5% animal. And, and I just absolutely love that because so many people, finances are a difficult thing. They're either scared of it or they don't know what to do, or they're looking at this wall of numbers and you are making it fun. So one, awesome. And uh, two, if you can just share a little bit of how that came to be? Like, how, how is this the way that you're running your business? Thank you so much, Steve. I don't always get a chance to explain the significance of why it's 95% accounting and 5% animals. And so back in the day, when I was just a new budding CPA, I had the start of my career as an auditor at Ernst & Young. And so an audit, 
one of the things that we would say, or it's also a legal convention, that you're auditing to 95%. So when we do an audit, we are providing 95% assurance that the books are free from error and misstatement. And to me, that says you only need 95% accounting. So the other 5% can be whatever you want it to be. Why not animals? Why not fun? Yeah. You know, so usually with accounting, because there's so much complexity, so much detail, we could really go into a black hole and be there for quite some time doing accounting. That that little bit, that 5%, you know, knowing we don't have to reach perfection, we have to reach near perfection, and we do get to have fun. We do get to, uh, you know, enjoy ourselves if that's what we choose to do. That's that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. And that uh, knowing that now and bringing that into your business, how has that changed things for you in your, in your profession? Uh, wow. Well, you know, I might not have stayed an accountant if I didn't discover this, you know, because as much as it's something that's challenging for other people that aren't accountants, imagine that accounting is the thing that you're doing, you know, every day, day in and day out for years and years and years. So I've now been doing this for about 15 years. And so there came a point in my career where I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it anymore and I wanted to do some other things. And it just so happened that the universe kept asking me to be an accountant, that this was the need that you know just everyone kept asking me to be and stay an accountant. And I had to make it more fun for myself and an enjoyable experience so that I wanted to do it. And so quite unrelated to clients or business, I had a wonderful friend who was selling animal onesies and I wanted to support her. And I bought five onesies from her. And I thought I would, you know, with the intention to give them away. And I put on one of the onesies and I put on the second and the third and I kept all five. None of them were given away. I loved them so much. So, you know, I was working from home and I was wearing these onesies and doing accounting and, you know, having a good time. And I thought maybe I should tell people that I'm actually doing this. Maybe, maybe people should know what I'm wearing while I'm doing their accounting. And so a friend of mine asked me for help. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm happy to help you. But I have one condition, which is that we both have to wear animal costumes while we do your accounting. And that was the very first animal accounting session, which started as a joke. And she was totally down. We had an awesome time. We had so much fun that we announced it in our class, which at the time was neuro-linguistic programming at NLP Marin is where we were. And you may have been there that day, Steve. I'm not sure. I don't think I was. I, you were not there that day. Well, yeah. yeah I, maybe you weren't. I think you may have I gone beyond. I, I think I would have remembered, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. So you may have not been there that day because I don't think we were. You didn't know that I was doing this yet. And this was kind of before our story got started together in accounting. and so. What happened was we announced it to the class and I said that it was my greatest wish for someone to reach out to me and to say, Natalia, I want to do animal accounting with you. You know, I want to wear the animal costumes and this is the way that I want to do accounting. And amazingly, within two weeks, I had a referral and a person who wanted to do that uh, and my greatest wish was coming true and I was getting it to do, uh, I was able to do it for a second time. And then so since then, that wish has grown. And, you know, as you recall, Steve, there came a point where the dream was so big and my capacity was so limited and I was, you know, having a rough time. And so that's when I reached out to you to come to your More Business, More Life class. And we remember how that went. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. 
It was I'm very uh, tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I can picture your face right now, like how, and you looked me in the eyes, and you're like, Steve, I don't know if I can keep going. Like, I either something has to change, or I I I just can't do this to myself anymore. You know? Yeah. It yeah. Was- so so what had happened in in terms of background is as I was learning how to grow my business and you know expanding and doing more things. Uh, I ended up in the you know typical overwork problem uh, that entrepreneurs have, and then I have special personality characteristics that make me subject to overwork, and so I can really um, you know I've had times where I work seven days a week for two months straight. You know things like that have happened in the past, and so at the end of a very busy spell, I thought I'm either going to get sick, I'm going to hurt my business, my clients might leave me, you know, and if I don't do something differently, if I keep being this overwhelmed. In spite of the animal costumes, you know, in spite of the animal animal costumes, it didn't save me from overwhelm and I I had to do it differently. And so I just remember that I was ready to kind of throw in the towel and taking a break was kind of what saved me, taking a break and having some strategic thinking. Yeah. yeah. And that so that's because that's what I was going to ask. What what was the turning point was so it was taking taking a break and rethinking things would that be the 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 big change point or what was the Uh, thing that turned, what was the turning point? Well, so the way that it happened was I was, I knew the moment that I was kind of reaching kind of the end of my capacity. And, you know, Steve, I had reached out to you because I saw your awesome videos and I really liked your purple shirt. And I thought it was so vibrant against the green, you know, uh, bushes that I wanted to reach out to you and tell you how much I liked it. And you invited me to the class. And up until then I hadn't taken you know, two or three days to strategize. And so that class enabled me to take that time to actually just step away from the grind, even though I didn't feel like I could afford to step away for a day at all. You know, I think I came in and I might've worked in the morning and uh, I had a real trouble um, arriving on time or even being present for the entire class. And, uh, but even still, I allowed enough time to really noticed that what I was doing wasn't working so well, it wasn't sustainable. And and I saw that other people had the same issue. And there was a solution that clearly lots of people had succeeded in, you know, that to me, I felt like this is the end. That's it. I can't do anymore. Right. But, but realistically, there's so much you can do. And that's when I started seeing the options that started to help and then ultimately seeing how some of the client relationships I, were, I was in were very draining and sometimes not really in accordance with my business strategy. And so that took a few months to resolve. But once that there was one particular relationship with that was particularly painful, and once that was resolved, of course, there were more challenges, but it really opened up a lot of space in my business. You know, So I had, as you know, Steve, for three years in a row, I would lose 70% of my business in the springtime for something, something, some huge thing would happen and there would be a big client shift, you know? So that first shift was letting go of the uh, one client that was quite painful, but it was a large chunk of revenue Right. and moving into the next kind of iteration. And so now I feel like I'm in the third iteration of my business. And this time when coronavirus came, and I lost only 50% of my business, not 70%. I thought, well, that's better than last year, even though coronavirus like, was terrible and I was just anxious for two months straight. Yeah. Right. But then even to be in 2020 and have you know, a reduction in attrition, right? And 
and we haven't even got there yet. I, I almost want to pause on that for a second, but I mean, you've grown, you've hired more staff. Like, I mean, so things are happening and I want to get to that in a moment, but so I just want to, I want to stick with this. So I just want to go back. Cause I like to play with the, the transition moment because, you know, many people, like you said, many people are in the same situation you noticed. And, and that's still true, right? There are many people that are, you know, and, and it's told, we're even taught this. Like I, I saw entrepreneur, okay, you're get ready to work a lot. You know, like we're all conditioned. That's like, we're going to go. And then, uh, and then we find that there are other ways, which that's what I found. And then by you coming and me sharing some of my stories, you're like, oh my gosh, there's another way, you know? So what I heard just to echo back is like one that you found that there are other ways. And, and then one of the big ones was, uh, working with who you want to work with, which is what I call wow clients. Right. And that, would you say that was the I guess just go back. I'll just ask, what do you think was the biggest thing that helped at the beginning? Like, I know there's things now that we could probably talk about, but at that turning point, when you were just going back, working all the time, you know, worried, like, am I going to get sick? How long can I sustain this? I, you know, and even not wanting to sustain it, you know, that's what I saw in your face. And, and it's like how happy you are right now. That's not the way that was. And, and I knew you, I had met Vitalia uh, just to put the full thing out there, I had met her before and I was like, whoa, this is not the happy Vitalia that I met when I first met her. I could tell how drained you were. And um, and so at that moment, I guess uh, what I heard so far to echo it back is that it was taking the break, I guess, to, to even just get away from work. Would you say that's the, what would you say yeah. is the biggest what well, was the taking the break, but not just any kind of break. You know, I took a break and I stepped back and I looked at it as a whole. And then I also looked at it, you know, through, you know, the guidance of your class, I was able to put my experience in context of other people's experience. We were all stepping back and looking at the whole. And I think you just see things differently when you do that. And sometimes when you're in the grind, just trying to get client work done, you know, you're not stepping back. You're not thinking about, well, what, why am I really here? And what am I really trying to accomplish? And what's the value that I really bring? What are the problems that I'm solving for people? You know, these were not questions I had clear answers to in that very first class. But it was very obvious that I had to have answers to this in order to have a successful business, you know? And so I would say that I was just flying by the seat of my pants uh, with some like, you know, rough, rough strategy and being able to, you know, f- start to formalize that strategy. And then knowing I wasn't alone was a huge, huge part seeing other people have challenges, seeing other people overcome those challenges was very empowering for me. And just having hope that it was going to get better and trusting that it was going to get better. And then just, you know, I was in a very bad place. So it was just putting one foot in front of the other for a few months and things started to release and suddenly there was more rest. And, you know, we feel so much better once we start getting enough sleep and you know, because when we're stressed out, you know, sleep goes out the window, you're not eating properly, you know, you might not even be getting social support from your friends and family, you know, uh, might be going into isolation. So there's such a chain reaction that starts to happen. And I was, you know, at a point in that chain reaction that I thought was dangerous. And that's why I reached out. Um, And I say that because in my audit career, I once worked myself to the point where both of my arms stopped working. And I showed up to work and I didn't have full control of my arms because I worked for 21 days straight without time off. And then after an 18-hour day without proper ergonomics, 
It took me six months of recovery, during Mm. which time I did not take any time off and I found a way to work with partially operational arms. That's the kind of overworked person I was. That led to an experience that I call administrative trauma, where I was not able to talk about work without uh, a lot of sadness. And so I just didn't talk about work. You know, I, I would do it, but I wouldn't talk about it. And, you know, that experience became the baseline of what I'm trying to prevent with my business. I don't want other people to have those experiences. Um, I know how painful that place is. I don't need to go there again. And if I can prevent other people from going there with accounting specifically, you know, that would be great because it hurts and you don't want it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I knew, I know a lot about you, obviously, as we've worked together for years now, but I had not known that full extent. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I mean, you know, that really puts things into perspective, like how far you've come and and so then I get I, I guess I'm most curious for, at this moment, what helped you make the decision? I guess I feel that it was the pain and you didn't want to go through that. So by the time you came to my class, you had already experienced all this and you kind of saw some indicators that you could be going down a similar thing. Luckily you weren't that far where your body stopped working, but you were but you had had you had, had that experience. So is that what helped you make the decision to do something new or, or what would you say the main, the main thing to make the decision? Uh, yeah, there was I, a really big part is knowing that I was at the place where my body was about to stop working and I had not yet sustained the injury. So I had not yet injured myself, but I knew that I was just in that place where I didn't know if it was a few days or a few weeks, you know, um, of how long I had before some, something happened and I didn't know what it was, but I could feel it coming. And I just thought, what's the point of doing that? It's very expensive. It's very expensive to drive yourself into the ground and then have to heal for God knows how long took six months before and probably even an extra two years to heal the emotional bits, you know? And that was very expensive. So I thought, I can't afford that. I would rather take the money I have and get help and not get hurt. And that would be less expensive. Yeah. And I don't have to heal for two years. That would be horrible. So I just, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know where I needed it from. And oddly, and I don't understand why, Steve, but your purple shirt <laughs> and that green bush and your awesome story that went with it, I didn't know about the class. I didn't know anything. I just thought, wow, I love that video. I wish I could make videos like that. I wish my video quality was that good. And the sound was so clear and the shirt was so vibrant that I just, I'm like, I have to talk to Steve because he's doing something and it looks fun and he looks great. And uh, then you told me about the class and the class was addressing the exact problem I was struggling with in that moment. So it really just kind of felt like a wonderful synchronicity, like, you were like, come to my class. It's been a week. And I'm like, oh my God, I must do this. I, I just, I didn't have time, but I just went anyway. <laughs> you know, that was, and I remember, yeah, like, thank you for bringing up the shirt and the bush because I remember that those text messages now, and then you coming. And it's not that often that I tell someone like a week before and they come. And uh, wow, just thank you for taking me back through memory lane because I do remember the, those texts and I, I didn't remember it exactly. It's so good to hear your perspective of it. It's just, you know, the color. Maybe I should, I'll help more people if I 
go in front of those bushes again with my purple shirt. But it's um, interesting how this happens. And I, I don't believe in coincidences any longer. You know, like life, as I've gotten older, you know, these things happen. And when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, what a coincidence, you know? And it's like, wow, no, this was meant to be. Like, you know, it's like, wow, like everything, like it's like the stars aligning, you know, like how all this, and then you get on the phone and I'm like, oh yeah, I have a class that talks about how to have more business and more life at the same time. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can see uh, your perspective now sitting there hearing my voice say that, like how easy it was for you to say, okay, you know, because it was like, just kind of, in a way, it kind of just fell on your lap, you know? It did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. It, it unfolded very perfectly. Well, and you know, what's tricky about this is because as I, this has happened to me as well in, to, in other stories and all that, and, and many I've sh- shared on my shows, but you know, what's interesting to me is this happens. I, I kind of starting to feel, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, that this always happens. The difference is we weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the stuff that we need falls on our lap. I would even almost say every day, but when we're to, going back to the busy part, because I this is where we identify with each other so well, because I was a workaholic, got myself to where I thought I was having a heart attack at age 31, you know, like, oh my gosh, uh, right? I, I was telling my wife to take me to the hospital, like, and she was able to calm me down. It was a panic attack, but I, I thought my heart was going to come out of my chest. That's what it felt like. It was heart palpitations and everything. And so I've, I've done that, you know, working the 18 hour days, like, like you said, so we definitely can identify with that. And then, um, I think even that, and many people do that, then you can't, how can you be aware if you're just barreling through all the work, how do you have the breath to be aware of the, the thing that you need? Like, it's like, Hey, this exit, get off the, get off the road, take this exit. You know, it's, uh, and it's, um, you know, I, I don't know. Is there any awareness or like what do you suggest so people can be, you know, more aware? Like what are the, what are the ways that you give yourself space to find that awareness to see that this is coming and it's good? Thank you, Steve. Oh, uh, you know, that is actually a, a tremendous, it's a very large and very important question <laughs> um, that I definitely actually have multiple layers of answers to. So I think the first thing is, um, you know, for some people, this is the power of manifestation, you know, that we have the ability to manifest um, all kinds of things in our reality. And I'll come back to that because I also want to talk about some of the brain science behind what I believe manifestation is and how it works. So the bottom line is that reality is very full. There's so much that happens constantly. There's so many people, so much activity, you know, and it's happening everywhere. And our minds are not designed to be able to take all of that activity. In fact, if we were, we would probably go insane or we would have a mental breakdown because it would be an overflow of information. And in fact, there's various psychiatric disorders that are that disturbance of filtering of information. And so, you know, folks that have that may have a harder time functioning in the world in terms of like prioritizing the stimulus that's coming at them. So for example, being able to hear sound and distinguish the sound that's most important, not all the sound in the room simultaneously. You know, it's kind right. of the stuff that I'm talking about. So there's constantly things happening. And some of those things are very good. Some of those things are opportunities. And they are maybe happening everywhere simultaneously. And some of those things could also be bad and they could be painful, you know. So all the range of all the things is constantly happening. And we can't hold it all at once. So what our brain does is it creates filters. We rely on heuristics and rules that we 
have internalized to understand our reality. And the way that we filter information will show us what's available in our immediate surroundings. So a person who's filtering for opportunities will see opportunities. And a person who's filtering for pain will see pain. And a person who's filtering for self-criticism will find lots of things wrong with themselves. And a person who's filtering for everything their friends and family is doing right will have a lot of gratitude and have a lot of experiences of people succeeding all around them. Mm-hmm. And so we get to choose to some extent some of those filters and then some of them come with presets. You know, they are our belief systems that happen when we were kids. And so I think that this power of manifestation is learning how to, uh, first of all, see your own filters, choose them and adjust them so that they're picking up the stuff that's truly useful. Because the thing is, is there's so much information. And frankly, you know, a lot of times we're worried about like, is it true? Well, there's a lot of truth out there but which truth is relevant for you right now and which one is the most helpful? And that's really what we need to focus on. And so that's kind of that um, openness, that manifestation. For me, that's where that comes from. So I felt that in that moment, when I saw your video, I was very open for help. I, 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 was, I, I was inviting you know, anyone and everyone who might have any assistance to provide to me, that's what I was filtering for is, I need help, how do I do it? I need help, how do I do it? I need help, how do I do it? You know, and, and, and then there was a lot of, I can't do this alone, I really, really can't, and I'll do anything. I found some of my greatest manifestations have happened when I completely surrender and say, I will do anything. And I mean, within the realm of accounting, because that's what we're talking about, but I mean, things to me have happened to me like I... When I was trying to quit my auditing job, I got an incredible lead for a job on the subway. Someone actually walked up to me on the subway and pretty much offered me a job, and I more or less took it. I had to go through an interview process that lasted a few weeks, you know, so it's not like they just handed it to me, but I actually found a job on the subway, took it, and it was the best job, one of the best jobs I ever had, and it was instrumental in healing my administrative trauma and became the basis in some ways of the work that I do now. And that was because I surrendered and I was like, somebody help me. I will do anything. And I was so sincere in that. I will do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But the pain was so harsh. Right. And I think that's, and this is what makes your story so clear and easy to learn from because maybe not everyone is in as much pain but they are. And like you said, it's a choice. And then that allows us, uh, you know, to have new awareness when we want to choose something new. And, and it is, it's like this tricky situation because I keep coming to these words of, it's like, you want to reach for what you want, but you also want to let go, which is, seems like this crazy oxymoron, right? We're like, you know, cause that's what manifestation is. And, and what always works best for me, the metaphor is to know where we want to go and then be willing to take different roads. Because I think what we do as humans, and I know I did this, is that I found the path like logic, right? And you saw this path and then the path gets really, really hard. And you're like, I think I'm going in the right direction. This is where I wanted to go, but whoa, this is ugly. This is not fun. This is hurting me. And we forget that, you know what? You can still have your dreams. You can still do what you're doing. And even like you said, 
the world is telling you to be an accountant to like help people in 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 the accounting realm but you're doing it in a totally different way. The road that you were on was not working for you. And, and one way we can say it was it was broken is like the metaphor I like to use is like, can you imagine getting, setting your GPS, you're finding your way, uh, but it's like this old map. And then you find yourself on this broken road. There's holes everywhere. Your car that you're in, the vehicle you're in is falling apart because it's bouncing around so much and like you're getting hurt. And then finally you get to this point and there's someone waving, waving at you and you roll down the window and they're like, what are you doing on this road? What do you mean? I'm going here. Oh yes, you can. But this road has been closed for 20 years. There's a new road over there. What? You know, it's kind of like that. It's like, okay, we can still get where we want to go. So I always say, don't give up on your dreams, but be willing to let go of the path, the, the way that we're getting there. There's so many ways to get there. And, and that's what I'm hearing. Like, you know, at one point in your career, I don't know, did you ever think like, I, can't, I don't want to do accounting, you know, maybe thinking this, that, that the whole oh, thing yes. was wrong, but real. Well, okay. that's exactly what happened. So I actually, um, so after, you know, I had my, the job I found on the subway, it was the perfect job and it was so awesome. And, you know, as these things go, they're so awesome until they're not, right? So <laughs> three years later, you know, it had changed and I found myself, quitting my job actually in the middle of the busiest time because it was funny. I wanted to do fundraising. I wanted to do nonprofit fundraising and I wanted to raise $10,000 for children's cancer research uh, and shave my head. And that was like a personal project I was working on. And as I was working on that project, I realized that my work in the financial industry sure was getting in the way of my fundraising. That also happened to be happening during the busiest accounting time. And I thought, gee, if this is how I'm thinking, then maybe this is not the right work for me. If it just, you know, if at the time when I need to be the most committed, I'm feeling so disengaged, I feel like it's meddling with my personal stuff. That's totally the wrong attitude to have towards work. So I knew I had to leave. And just to tell you, you know, this was a very well paying job in a great location with a lot of vacation. I could more or less show up whenever I wanted, do whatever projects I wanted. If I didn't want to do it, I didn't really have to do it. I had the best boss in the whole wide world who was one of the most talented accountants I've ever worked with. I mean, this was the cream of the crop job and I found myself unhappy and wanting to wow. leave. And I thought if I can have everything right and I still feel this unsatisfied. I mean, I was going to the gym at lunchtime for an hour. I was in peak physical condition that I'd ever been in. You know, All my coworkers were into it. It was good. And it, it's the opposite of the other job, yeah, just to point out. Opposite. Complete opposite. Yes, it was the best, <laughs> and it was still not the thing for me somehow. So the the super busy, you know, drain yourself, sacrifice yourself didn't work. So did the super moderate, very cushy, comfortable, amazing work also didn't work. Uh, and at that point, I'm like, maybe it's accounting. Maybe I shouldn't be an accountant. And so I took six months off work, and I did volunteer work and education. Uh, trying to find out what was going to be my next profession. And as I was doing that, I started taking NLP Marin classes. I thought it was a communication course. Uh, it was so much more than that. Uh, it ended yeah. up changing my life and also you know, greatly impacting my work. And we met there. We met there. That's right. So that's also a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the time, I was not wanting to be an accountant. In fact, I was trying not to be an accountant, except I did need to generate income eventually. And accounting work was what people were offering and it was fairly easy to get, you know, fairly well-paying. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just do this while I figure out the other thing. And as I 
continued to figure out the other thing, my accounting work started to change and it started to get more enjoyable. And I started to notice oh, okay, well, I really like accounting. It's just the context it happens and I don't like. I like the work, but I don't like it when you know people blame you for things you didn't do you know, because it had nothing to do with you. But sometimes people like to um, you know, blame the bookkeeper for everything, depending on the company. That's where I had been. That was the one downside. The one downside in the perfect job was that the CEO didn't appreciate the accounting function and blamed us for stuff that wasn't our fault and said we were overpaid. And so I guess that was a small downside. And so uh, it yeah. didn't make me want to stay not, here. Not, appreci- not appreciated. Yeah, yeah. 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 So actually, um, yeah, it was quite the story. But in the end, I was able to find another way to work. And the rest was history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then that's how animal accounting started to become the reality that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast, so it's easy for me. I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing, and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow clients are important, wow relationships are important, and working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. And, and so it was through, so through the choice, I, and I know I, I'm just putting like a magnifying glass on this because it's in these moments of choice that I think are so good to uh, share on, on this show because so many people find themselves not having the more business, more life lifestyle, and they, they're not aware or, you know, seeing where you put the information together to make the choice is helpful. So thank you for exploring this with me and, you know, being willing to know. And even when you had the cush job, so it just shows to your personality that you're like, okay, this isn't for me. And you're willing to take that choice. And it's served you so well, because now look where you are, right? So you're in accounting and you're doing it the way you want to do it. And, um, and it's so fun too. Like, even for me, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the podcast with Vitalia. What am I going to wear? I even, uh, uh, I don't know if I said this earlier in the call I, uh, or if it was before we recorded this, but I was looking to find uh, Animal Onesie and the one that I wanted couldn't get here in time. None of them actually could get here in time is what I found out. And so I should have thought sooner. But anyways, luckily I have a lot of creative people in my house. So my daughter uh, lent me her uh, headphones with the unicorn. So it's it's perfect. But that's the way I was even thinking. You know, it goes back to your mantra. You in, even invoked it out of me and more than once now. You know, like you got at one of my workshops, uh, we we're all wearing, uh, I think I had cat ears that time. And, you know, so many times you brought that out and it's so fun. And even I had a little extra energy for this podcast because like we're doing this extra thing, you know, and just, it's, it seems so 
simple, right? Or like just the small thing that you're putting on these headphones and they have the unicorn, you know, so I've got the horn and my unicorn ears, but you know what it is, it's a big, it's bigger than, than just that, you know, like the feeling that goes into it and that, you know, we get to play like, you know, I think that is a choice as well. You know, we think when we get to adulthood that, oh, now this is work. This isn't play any longer. It's work. It's serious. You better get serious. And that's, and, and that's also where you and I align because one of my core values is fun, like, and fun and enjoying and having joy is an indicator that I'm on the right track. And going back to your point right now, like even when you were in the cush job, it could have been like so many people might've chose to stay there. You were not having your joy factor, which then made an indicator that you felt you were not on the right track. So I think it's so important to, you know, point that out and that you made a choice to do something different. And on the topic of fun, you know, in those hard, hard moments where I was kind of feeling at the end of my rope, you know, I was not having fun at those times. And those times still come and go, you know, and with the coronavirus, it can be very tough to have fun, uh, especially because there's a lot of things also going on with fires and, you know, social unrest. There's so many things to be sad about. And so, you know, at the beginning of the coronavirus, I found myself very anxious and very worried and definitely, you know, sadness comes and goes. But Steve, one thing you told me, because I got, you know, I, I, I can sometimes get myself into these little pickles. You know, I was getting into a little pickle and you said, Natalia, you need to have some fun. And it's funny to hear that reminder because I'm so good at having fun. Right. And sometimes I even need to be reminded. And so you told me to have fun and I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And then I thought, oh, how's, how's fun really going to help me? But I guess it's always helped me in the past. I'll give it a try once again. And I made a vision board with the word fun on it and I put it up and then I did a whole bunch of fun things. And suddenly I felt a lot better because, you know, where I was at the maybe like two, three months into coronavirus in June, especially when the protests uh, had started, you know, I was really questioning everything, questioning myself, questioning my business. What am I doing? What, why am I doing it? Does it make sense to keep going? You know, despite how well everything was going, just the circumstances in the world made me reconsider what's my contribution here, you know, and having fun took just a little pressure off enough so that I wasn't just sitting in this debilitating anxiety and I was able to strategize once again. So what I actually ended up doing because I was like, okay, I really need to do something. I went through all my coaching notes from the last six years and I revisited the mission of my business and the values of my business and all the different iterations. And I rewrote my mission and I rewrote my values. And I found one word that changed everything. I know that sounds so small and weird, but it was the word systemic. I took my, my mission, you know, and, and a part of that is, you know, I work with organizations that are making the world a better place is something that I often say, you know, and well, now when I'm thinking about that positive change and that better place, it's really in the context of systemic, sustainable, positive change. So not just positive change. And not even just sustainable, but the systemic piece is the part that makes it permanent, you know? And so I'm not after Band-Aid solutions. I want, you know, uh, real sustainable systemic 
changes in the very fabric of how we do business, how we lead our lives, how we interact with people, because we know that something's broken. You know, and so discovering that word systemic and incorporating it into my bu- my business reinvigorated my own inspiration. And then when that happened, it reinvigorated others' inspiration. And so oddly, and I still don't fully understand this because, you know, as I said, coronavirus hit, 50% of my revenue kind of disappeared. And I did maintain my employee, which was super awesome. So I was able to um, keep my employee involved or engaged. And then suddenly with this new adjustment to my vision and mission, new clients started to roll in so effortlessly. And we started getting very mutually excited. And suddenly we had this new language to connect on, this, this this language of systems, which had been already ever present. But suddenly I realized that it really needs to be the underpinning of what I do. And then related to that also, ah, amazing. I was like, heck, I can't do this alone. I don't know how to make all the systemic changes. I have some like general ideas, but I'm not really an expert in systemically changing the entire world yet. Uh, I need some help. So I reached out to a person that had been very successful in project management and technology and putting the two together. And I asked for her help. And she basically has been giving me crash crash courses in project management and automation and uh, quite to a higher level than I'd ever been used to. And so now I feel like I'm able to really grasp systemic as a concept in a new way. And so now for me, the priority is really like, how do I expand my skill set around systems and the kind that really stick and don't go away, you know, which is a different ball game than just putting something in to 75% and then it breaks, right. you know? And um, I guess, yeah, so that, that changed everything, that reevaluation process. And so now at a time when some people are like, oh no, what do I, what do, I do with my business? Where do I get clients? I'm just kind of like, there's opportunities everywhere. How do I build capacity and how do I better myself so that I can, you know, provide the best service for the systemic positive change that we all need so much? It's so big. And, and then, and then to be in that, you know, so uh, there's so much in that. So first, like that you are growing, that you've expanded, you've hired, you know, you're, you're building capacity so you could help more people in 2020 you know, is remarkable. And I think it does come back to our truth. I think I, this is what I find over and over. And, and some of it is undefinable where it, it uh, almost becomes the spiritual thing. And I think, you know, even when we look at science, I look at, you know, the deeper you get in science, the more quantum it gets. And then the more quantum it gets, the more spiritual it gets. Right. And so it's like, that's where this culmination uh, uh, is, you know, and this, and coming to this point is that, you know, I find this as well. When you put the words and the thoughts out to the universe, like somehow it just brings it right back. And I find it most evident in, in the stories from, I think it was the eighties. Uh, and you could look it up. It's the hundred monkeys. And they, there was these biologists on an Island off of Japan and they were the, uh, the monkeys there would eat these potatoes. They would dig them up. They'd be dirty and they would eat them. So one of the biologists, unbeknownst to them, didn't think it was going to be a big deal. She just showed one of the monkeys how to wash it off because there was water there. And then, uh, then one by one, she kept showing the monkeys how to do that and more of them. And then after a period of time, they had woke up because they were staying on the island for a period of time. 
They woke up and like all the monkeys, even the ones that they had not interacted with on other parts of the island were washing the potato. And they're like, what the heck did they teach them at night? We didn't see them teach the other monkeys. Like what, what happened here? And, uh, and they couldn't answer it. They're like, I don't know. They're like, they're all doing it. It's like all the monkeys on this island were washing the potato. Now, when they arrived at that island, they would just eat it with dirt and everything. And then they, uh, when they went back to mainland Japan after the project, there was the same species of monkeys. And guess what they were doing, which they'd never done before, washing the potato. They were not connected. And this is where this whole thing, this concept of that the mind is uh, more Wi-Fi than hard drive. You know, it's, uh, it's collecting this information. And so when you put this energy out there and you put it out there enough, and this is why it's so important to find our core purpose and then share it because that a lot, then it's like putting the beacon of light out. It's like sending the signal out. I'm here. Hello, I'm here. And then they come up, they're like, I'm here. And then you're like, oh, we're both here. And then together, which is another one of my core values, then everything is uh gets it's more and more amazing mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it's so you've just shared through your story like in complete alignment with this and and i do find like some sort of universal law that when you apply in the right direction it just it just starts coming you know yes and, and the key right the key that triggered it all was opening up this idea that even when things are hard we can still have fun we get that little bit of relief you know, and then suddenly we're able to think a little more clearly and we're ma- able to make some good decisions. And some of those decisions can really um, make a huge difference. But if we don't take that break and we don't let ourselves heal a little bit, then, you know, we're not going to have as much change. It's, it's the break is so big, so big. I can't under like, this is what I tell all of my clients. And I found that I needed to as well. Like it all started with me being a workaholic and then my wife telling me, you never stop and smell the roses. Like, and this is literal, you know, that's a, that's a saying too, but I was just walking around. We were walking outside cause she was forcing me to. And even though I felt, and my mind was like, go back to work. You got to do this. You got to do that. Why are you on this walk right now? You're, you're going to mess up. Like you're not going to respond to your clients appropriately. Like you got to go do this. And then she just straight up called me on it. She's like, you're not in the moment. And she had done that enough times, but even that didn't work. I had to get hit so many times. You know, I, like I, like you, I, I've, I found myself hurting myself to then finally wake up. And, and I hope through these stories, you don't have to go through the pain that Vitalia and I went through. Hopefully you stopped short of that going further because, because I did. And, and then it was in that, that I realized the breaks are what matter because you know, we're just talking about sending the signal out, you know, with this hundred monkey story, but the reality is also you can't get the download, which that, or whatever you want to call it though, it, whether, you know, from yourself, if you don't give that break, cause if you're just going, 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 then how do you get the information? And so that's exactly what happened to me. So I advise often and part of part, probably part of our work, I was like, you know, I always say, take a break. Anyone that's in overwhelm, the first thing I say is take a break. And that first response, they're like, what are you talking about? I have so much to do. I'm just telling you right now that I'm in overwhelm. How is it possible that I'm going to take time off? Right? Like, are you crazy? And I'm like, yeah, maybe I am crazy, but I'm crazy for you to have a better life. And you got to take a break. That's the first step. And then this, and we cover that. And then the second one is plan your fun. Because if you don't plan your fun first, then you'll work all the time. Then if you give yourself permission to use your whole day, as you know too well, Vitae, you will use the whole day. Yep. Yep. And I think I want to add 
that there's intention behind the breaks. So it's not just any break, you know, and of course you can do whatever you want, but the purpose of the break is to build resilience within yourself, you know, so you're really trying to nurture yourself during that break, which means that you're not taking like one of those half breaks where you're still texting work while taking a break. So not one of those, you know, and not... Yeah, I'll check my email. I'll take a break and check my email. Yeah, yeah. So not that kind of stuff. I really try to take them away from technology. And it's nice to have some intentions. It's nice to have an activity to do during your break, something that really takes your mind off of whatever it is. And then just being able to be fully present. And then I think it also matters what you do after the break. When you come back after the break, not diving exactly right back into the same grind because then you're not really having a chance to implement any of the thoughts or ideas, but giving yourself just a little bit of time after the break to come back a little slower and to let your ideas and let your creativity kind of filter in. In fact, it was only a couple of weeks ago that I actually did take, I took a a break where I had three and a half days off during the week as well as the full weekend. So I, you know, and I had so much to do. (laughs) I was so stressed out and I didn't finish everything. And I was so tempted to keep working that I almost did, but then I forced myself not to work. And I actually, what was funny is that the first day when I forced myself not to work, I sat there and I was very miserable. And so I spent half a day in unhappiness because I couldn't work. But I thought maybe it's better to just sit in this like unhappy state since this seems to be what's happening. And I, you know, I didn't have much of a choice because the, 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 the unhappiness struck me hard and fast. Uh, so then the second day, I had another unhappy day but it was more constructive. It was like the healing kind of unhappiness. So I was sad and I was able to nurture myself and my husband was really helpful and we were able to create an environment where I was able to have some insights about why I was having these hard feelings. And so then on the third day, I was happy. And I was still a little tired from like two days of just being sad, but on the third day, I felt much better. And by the fourth day, I finished a accounting song. I wrote a little accounting song, um, which was a creative project. And uh, I was able to do some creative things and I had some guidance and help with that. And then, you know, a couple of more days of just pure relaxation. I mean, one day I lay on the couch, mostly. That's mostly what I did. It wasn't very exciting, relaxing, but it was forcing myself to stop. And yeah. what came out of that is when I got back, I was able to, oh my God, I can't believe I did it. Me and the uh, project manager, we implemented a project management system and all the things I didn't do are now in the system. So maybe there's still outstanding things, but suddenly my delegation power like doubled or tripled. Wow. Uh, you know, and I was like, holy smokes, I can get so much more help now. And I realized, wait, when I'm better at project management, I actually have more work. Maybe I can hire more. So I do have two employees now. I don't know if I'm ready for a third, but maybe there could be one coming up. And so like that break is not always going to be, oh my God, I'm having so much fun. I'm taking a break. That break might be decompressing from all of the hard stuff that happened. And right now during this time, that decompression can take longer, be more intense, uh, and it could be accompanied by periods of grief. And what I learned is to just sit in it and then it starts to release. But don't just sit in it in the unconstructive way, like have healing around you, have someone who loves you, have have a bath, have a nice meal. Like um, one of my favorite sayings that I sometimes say to myself in this these kinds of situations is, 
what a beautiful, beautiful place to have a terrible time in, you know, that out of all of the places that I could be having challenges within the comfort of my own home with someone I love is by far the best way. <laughs> right. And, and, and really it actually truly is. And, you know, the thing that's so remarkable is you allow yourself, because uh, I think many of us, and I know I've been there, I don't allow myself to feel my feelings. And th- that's one thing that came loud and clear from the the Untethered Soul by, by Michael Singer. I don't know if you ever caught that, but it's exactly what he teaches. In order to be untethered, to be a free soul, we have to feel our feelings. What, what stops that is not allowing yourself to go through the process that you just described. Because how often do we let ourselves feel our grief or feel the sadness so that we can then choose uh, the next thing, right? And, and, and most importantly, fully release it. Because if you didn't, if you like bottled it up, then it would wait for another time. And the longer we bottle it up, you know, then the worse it gets. It's like an accounting problem. Like the longer you ignore it, the worse it just compounds, yeah. right? You know, so it's... Um, is the same thing. So kudos for letting yourself go through that. And awesome that you did have that beautiful space because maybe, yeah, if your husband wasn't there with that little bit that you needed or whatever amount it was, you what if you would have said, oh, this doesn't feel good. I'm going to do something different instead of just letting it fully release. So mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if you, um, you know, one thing you touched me the other day, like uh, emotionally, like when, I can't remember when it was, it was like, maybe it was a month ago or something. We were on the phone and then you said you were trying to calculate our relationship, like, you know, in, in a value terms and you couldn't figure it out. And, and you're the first person that said that our relationship was like priceless. And I, uh, and then since then, talk about manifestation. I was like, wow, no one's ever said that. Then I had uh, two other clients say the same thing. I'm like, whoa, you know, like, and, and, I'm, and it's such a humbling thing because I truly feel like a guide. I mean, you did all this, all your success, all your joy, what you're bringing to the world right now is so amazing. And, uh, and I, and I saw that in you. It was just a lot of clouds were around you when we first started working together and we cleared that up. And I truly feel like the guy in the tarmac with the lights. You've been the pilot of this. So you you deserve full credit for piloting this and making this happen. Which is, and I'm so filled with joy that you're there. And I'm glad that I was that I was a good lightman on the ground there. Woo, you know, with my with my lights and guiding your plane so it didn't bump into the building. You know. Thank you, so, Steve. Um, yes, I think um yeah. one of the things about your wonderful guidance is that it's cumulative. So it you know, accumulates over time. Um, and the things that you're, you're teaching us, they're very consistent. So it's, you know, it's a lesson that can be grasped because it's, it doesn't change. And, and they're so fundamental. Like, for example, you know, gratitude first, right? It's, it's such a simple, simple lesson, but it's also a very deep spiritual lesson, you know? And if we can accomplish that in our lives, it's actually a really big deal. And so, you know, you, when you start applying some of these ideas, you know, the first time, the first few times might feel uncomfortable. It uh, was definitely my experience. And then as I apply the more and things start to shift and I see where I am now compared to six years ago, I would have never believed that this was possible. I just wouldn't have believed it. I'm like, no, nah, no way. Right. This is like, literally, we've already surpassed all my wildest hopes and dreams have been like, we've just shattered past them already. And I never actually thought that this was even possible. And so I just think about like, how do you even value that? You know, how, how do you value 
all the mistakes I didn't make. You know, how do you, how do you, how do I value not losing my health? Right. Uh, not losing my relationship. Not that my relationship was in trouble, but if I lost my health and I was a grumpy person and I worked all the time and I didn't nurture my family, you know, I would not have a, a husband for that long. If I, I mean, maybe he'd stick by me, but he'd sure be very sad, you know. And so all these bad things didn't happen. And then on top of that, there's the amplification of all the joy. And I, and I think for me, the biggest thing lately is. You know, I'm still very busy. Lots of stuff on the calendar. I look at the calendar and I'm like, oh yeah, I get to see so-and-so today. And oh, right after I talk to them, I talk to this person. And it's just like, yeah, my day's full of meetings, but I can't wait to, you know, get on my calls and, and, and do the stuff. And I'm feeling like so much engagement and enthusiasm. And I know that that's not always typical for people with work. You know, I have reached kind of new levels of motivation because I've been able to tap into what's authentically valuable to me. And then, you know, you're always there to remind me to do that, right? Because it's like, there's things we know how to do. We know that we need to do them, but the actual doing it, that's a little bit of a different thing. And I think that's where you have your intellectual knowing, then you have your doing, and then you have the being. So for some of our lessons, maybe not all of them, but for some of them, I'm starting to experience the being part of it. Uh, and it's so smooth. It's so smooth and nice. <laughs> it's uh, I'm so, and this is, again, what the words that are going to come off my tongue and I'm going to say it anyway, is I'm so grateful. Like, And it's, you know, it's great. I'm grateful that we've been able to have this experience to get together in this expression of life. And, uh, you know, and together, that's another one of my core values is so actually gratitude is my first uh, core value out of the five and together is the last out of the five, but together we can do more because now this expression and even this conversation think, uh, you know, it, all it takes is like one other person to hear this and make a new decision today. And uh, you and I've done an amazing thing, you know, just making this recording. So uh, it's, it's been, it's, it's been equally pleasuring for me to work with you and, and to see this happen. And it, it really is a team effort because, you know, anyone that's going to be a guide in any way, if you guide and, and it's not taken and, and something done with it, then, you know, it's like planning a whole trip and then they, no, the person doesn't go on the trip, you know, then it becomes, for me, that's very sad. And I don't like that because I want to put my energy towards like you, positive things are going to make a difference in the world. And what a better person to help than you, because look at what you're doing in the world. And, and I'm like you, like I, that's why wow clients are so important. Like you go from call to call with wow people, then life is filled with mm -hmm, joy. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I could talk to you. I know we could keep on going and we filled up this hour with some amazing perspective and, and going through so many things. So I so appreciate you being a part of the show. And if people want to get a hold of you, um, I know we're going to be sharing this on social media. I know you have some spaces there. What's the best? Is there a specific channel that's best for people to like watch and follow you or any, anything? Um, that's a really good question. You know, on, on the media side of my business, that's still developing. So I think, you know, a nice way to uh, interact would be to become Facebook friends. Um, and we have to warn okay. everyone, we have to warn them that I really, really like to have fun. And so that's going to be the very yes. first thing that they see. If they decide to be my friend, they will see the fun. And that's all, that's all I'm going to say. Right away. They'll know. They'll know it immediately. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, look at, 
Yeah, look, look at this. I don't uh, wear unicorn headphones on every podcast, but I was compelled to wear them. And I fully embrace in our living room, there's a big sign and it says, always be yourself unless you can be a unicorn, then always be a unicorn. So of course, when I came on this podcast, I'm like, I have to be a unicorn. So this is the fun that we we're going to have. We didn't coordinate <laughs> that I would also be a unicorn. So we are both unicorns. And Steve, I remember being at your place and seeing that poster. And I was like, oh, I love, I love, I love that poster. Um, I've been, you know, seeing that phrase in and around social media for some time. And then you had the largest version of it. I mean, this is a big poster, everyone. It's really big. It's gigantic and it's right in the living room. Like you can't help but see it when you come. And I, and I, you know, and it's so cool. Like that my wife is on side with me because I was like, okay, that's got to go right there front and center, like the biggest thing. And, you know, it just shows who we are, you know, that, you know, don't come in taking everything so serious and we're going to have fun and we're going to enjoy life and you can be whatever you want to be. That's kind of what it makes me feel like that you even do have choice to be. And if you want to be a unicorn today, then be a unicorn and whatever it is, just be you that's the thing. And I guess, you know, that's a great place to close this out. One thing I say often, and I really do mean it, as I became doing personal growth work and working on myself, I thought I was trying to make myself better. And the reality I've found now is that I was actually peeling back all the things I thought I was supposed to be put on me by other things and some systemic things as you brought up by time. And now I get to be Steve. I get to be me. And the more that I've done that, the more joy, the more happiness and attracting the right people in my life, all of these things uh, come. So it's, uh, so it's been a pleasure being unicorns with you today, Vitalia. And I look forward to a future uh, discussion. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. And for everyone out there, choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll see you on the next, uh, on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.